You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lunid, and today I have the honor of introducing a special guest to the show, Steve Kidd. He is an exceptional individual with, you know, heart-driven passion to help others. He has dedicated his life to helping aspire other writers and authors bring their message to the world and achieve best-selling status. Why? Well, because he's a best-selling author himself. He's an entrepreneurial force, a business coach. And so we're going to welcome him on and talk about um, his passions. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate getting to be here with you. Yes, it's an honor. I'm really, really thrilled. Tell us about your, you know, I love our, uh, our hero's journey. Tell us about your journey, how you, you got started with writing and now what you're doing. Well, I've been a creative kid my whole entire life. I actually literally started selling when I was five years old. Nice. You know, I remember all throughout elementary school and high school, I was always writing some kind of story or something, you know, and it just kind of went from there. I was a musician for a lot of years and I've written lots of songs. Um, And then in 2007, my then wife and second youngest daughter for her 18th birthday, they were both big Twilight fans and they went on a mother daughter trip to go to all of the filming locations for Twilight. Mm -hmm. They blogged about it and I helped them turn that that blog into a book and and publish that for them and uh, really began to see just how powerful not just a book, but a bestseller is. worked with uh, some exclusive people, uh, high end people that I was doing doing coaching and marketing for, for a few years, and then rolled out a program to make it available to everybody in the world so that literally anybody that wants to can write, publish, and market their books to bestseller. Um, you know, I'm ultimately just a marketing company with a strong publishing division, been in sales and marketing literally my whole life. And mm-hmm. I just love helping people share their message with the world. That is awesome. So you started out with um, writing music as well, right? Do you find yeah. that writing music is uh, different? These different tactics to than writing a book. Say, I'm talking about creativity. You know, getting, making sure that you rhyme. You know, so <laughs> tell us about the the difference between the two. You know, I mean, there are some nuances in, in the difference, you know, in that you you need to make sure that each of your verses follows the same rhythmic pattern as the one yeah. did before, you know, so that it doesn't turn out as this eclectic mess where no verse is the same. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, even back then, even when I was writing music for a while, I was it started out as a part-time job supplementing the business I was running, I was working as a delivery driver for Domino's Pizza and I bought a little handheld, tell you how old I am, cassette player. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Way before the concept of MP3s, any of us were even thinking them. And, uh, you know, so I was in the car constantly and I had a lot of time and rather than just singing to the radio, which, which I did and had done, um, I began to turn the radio off and just sing the inspirations and the thoughts and, and the lines that were coming into my head. And, and then I could go back to that later and be able to take segments of it and pieces of it, work together with, uh, the lead guitar player in our band and and others but mostly him and and put together the that particular song so that's 
that really is apropos because when it comes to writing both the clients I work for as well as myself, I still encourage speaking to write. You know, just in this case, these days when I write a book, I have a germ of an idea of what I want to do. And then I just turn on Zoom and I interview myself, you know, I mean, I, with my authors, I do the interview with them, but because I've done it for so many years, I just literally put myself through an interview of what is this book? What are we talking about? What are we going to do? And, uh, and speak to write out the book that way. Um, It's just so much more powerful than, staring at that crazy blank piece of paper and trying to be creative on demand because the paper demands it of you, you know? It's daunting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just seems like a, a big elephant. You don't know where to begin. You know, how are you going to eat the elephant one bite at a time? But if you're mm-hmm. staring at a blank page, it just seems like you need 500 more of these. <laughs> you don't oh, yeah. can't even get the first, the first word on there. So I have definitely have... That has happened to me as well. So let's talk about the um, are we t- uh, self-publishing or you have a publishing um, connection? How are you having these authors publish? Um, I, I do encourage them to go what is considered to be self-publishing. Some people would put it in the realm of hybrid publishing just from the standpoint that ultimately your book's going to be on Amazon, but you're not doing it yourself. I am intricately helping you with every element of it. But at the end of the day, when the book is out, I want it to be in an account on Amazon that you own. And by that, I mean specifically that the email address that's logging into Amazon is an email address that's your email address, because that's who Amazon has the contractual relationship. It's your email address that they're communicating with. It's your bank account that they're going to pay the money into. That's from Amazon standpoint, how they determine who does or who doesn't own the book. And I want to make sure that the people, they have that control. There's just been far too many times, whether you're talking traditional publishing or with other types of uh, routes, where the person has no ability to be able to access their own book because that company went out of business and Amazon doesn't know them. I mean, author name is just a form field. So having it say a particular name on that form field doesn't really prove to Amazon that, you know, indeed it was actually yours that was written. Mm -hmm. And how do you, your thoughts on ghostwriting? So typically, the good and the bad with the ghostwriter is is that all the ghostwriters that I know are incredibly talented people, and they can take a germ of an idea and flesh it out into a whole book. Mm. Um, And for people who think that they can't write a whole book, um, often going the route of a ghostwriter seems like it'll be easier because they can just kind of have a concept and that ghostwriter will bring it to life for them. The downside to a ghostwriter is, is that if you read enough books written by that ghostwriter, you'll begin to see their personality across all of them. Each of us, when we write, you know, we have our own style and our own. And even though with editors and things like that, they can kind of help keep that under control. There is still an element that each book that a ghostwriter writes has their fingerprint on it. And what I try to be able to help people do is have the fingerprint that's on it be you. You know, I mean, the perfect win for me is when a person says, you know, as I was reading a book, I felt like I you were reading right to me. I could hear your voice and some of the crazy nuances that you have in the way you talk. I could totally see that in the way that the book was written. And that to me is just the ultimate win of really connecting with people. 
Mm-hmm. And the whole concept of ghostwriting is, it's new to me, but um, I'm curious to how, why these authors don't, you know, write their own books, you know, become authors of you know, 100 books a year kind of thing. There's several elements to that. The primary one, of course, has to do with uh, negative self-talk. All of us struggle with that. Um, I heard Michelle Obama talk about the fact that when her book was coming out, she was struggling with that. Who am I and what have I done that I should put a book out? You know, and everybody else, of course, was saying to her, you're Michelle Obama. That's who you are, <laughs> you know, but I mean, she was even having, and we all have that. So, um, you know, that's a big piece of it is, is that we don't really feel worthy. We don't feel like we have anything unique, but also it really is a matter of if you haven't done it before, self interviewing yourself is a pretty daunting thing. It becomes a blank screen you're staring at versus a blank piece of paper and you still don't know where to go. Having somebody that can ask you the right questions and get you talking. Um, it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're on a podcast right now and I'm sure you've listened to enough of them that you know the difference between somebody that can ask good questions and it's an entertaining and interesting podcast versus the people that it's like, I don't know that I'd listen to them again. You know, it was a little mm-hmm. bit hard to get through that that interview, you know. And so, you know, having somebody that can lead you through that and really get you to that point where you're excited about what you're talking about and you just start rambling on it. Um, that's a real big key to bringing out the book that should come out. Mm, thanks for putting that in perspective. Yeah, that, that does uh, make quite a bit of sense. Now, in terms of, I feel like a lot of marketing goes into it too. So people would do ghostwriting because then, Steve, you're the face of the book. You know, you are going to market the book. You're going to do the PR aspect of it. You're going to go to the podcast, the shows to make sure that it gets publicity versus a ghostwriter. You just have to kind of put out the content and then how far it goes to that best-selling author status is up to the actual person who owns, I would say, the, the who's what the author at this point, what do you call it? <laughs> well, yeah, they would be the author. I mean, and they're considered to be, uh, you know, the author of the book. And that's very true. You know, I mean, when you talk to, uh, and I've talked to enough different celebrities at all kinds of different levels, when you talk to them and how busy their lives already are, the concept of quote unquote, sitting down and writing out a whole book just seems overwhelming. You know, I mean, where would I put that in my schedule? And Mm -hmm. most of them don't understand or even know about the concept of being interviewed, you know, and having the book come out in their words that way. And so they do go to a ghostwriter because they, because typically a ghostwriter is going to do an interview, but it's just not necessarily as in depth as what it would be if you're speaking all the words. And so they feel like, that gets them to where they want to go. And it's just a matter of learning. You know, when you know more, you do more. Mm-hmm. And you, they do the, the marketing aspect of it. So get- yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, your book is is the foundational element to everything you're going to do in marketing of yourself in your life or your business. Mm-hmm. I like the way you put that. So let's talk about how to become a best-selling author. What does it take? Well, of course, I mean, the easy way is just to work with me. But no, I mean, seriously, it's a matter of understanding most of and 
I always focus on Amazon because Amazon's the only statistically driven bestseller list that I know of, meaning that if a book is at number two and another one's at number three, the book at number two sold more copies than the book at number three in that particular time frame. Now, Amazon's list is updated hourly, so it's it's changing more, but it's also, you know, these are the books that are the bestsellers right now, you know, but ultimately when you're talking about that, Amazon is a search engine. Amazon is coded from a purely technological standpoint, exactly the same way as, as Google is. It's looking for relevant return of the search that you do. And that's the core and heart and soul of what Amazon is. So what you need in order for your book to rank is very good search engine optimization, SEO. And okay. that's not only the keywords, the categories, all of the little, uh, you know, different elements on the back end so that your book is truly set up for success, both immediately as well as long term, that anytime traffic comes to Amazon, that is reflected in the ranking of your book. Hmm. Yeah. And then to do the ranking as the as those are the marketing tools, processes that you're explaining, some on the back end, some of the, the front end with the titles and the, um, the images, the, all that. So tell us uh, any other specific processes to market a book. So, um, you know, I mean, number one is, and this is where it becomes the most difficult for people because the prevalent theory currently would be to do a, uh, a pre-sale campaign Mm-hmm. and spend six months to a year prompting people to get your book. The truth of the matter is, is really the bestseller campaign is the start. It's the day one element of it. Um, and you build everything on and from that. You want to build your community, both in social media as well as outside of social media, from the foundation that is your book versus you know, all of the things. Now, that's not to say that while you're writing a book, you shouldn't share that journey and begin to bring people into your world, but that you bring them in as part of the process. Here's the cover we brought out, or here's the two we're looking at. Which one do you like the best? Vote for which one do you like the best? Mm -hmm. You know, here's the chapter that I just wrote, or here's a section, you know, probably not share them the whole chapter. Here's a section of them so that they get interested in it. We're not really doing a pre-sale campaign. It's the actual sales of the book. We want to get everybody excited so that when we then announce, uh, you know, next Friday, the book is coming out. Um, I really want to invite you guys to be part of this. They're already excited and ready for it. And then that's where we start. And then we build all the rest of our marketing on top of that. Mm, sound advice. And, and so that's one of the ways you make the, your client's life easier, right? So just giving them the turn-by-turn directions on how to go yeah. about this. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Tell us about your morning routine. How do you get up, dress up, and show up? Oh, goodness. I'm such not a morning person. <laughs> It'd be so much easier to tell you about my evening routine because most that's of those fun. are early in the morning. But, um, you know, when I get up in the morning these days, actually, a good friend of mine, he was actually a multi-billionaire his whole life. Well, not really. He started out a street kid and ended up a multi-billionaire in his life. And I talked to him. I was so blessed to have him in my life. And um, I talked to him one night and I said, I'm really feeling guilty because in the middle of the day or first thing in the morning, I'm not that go-getter that I am the rest of the day. And I'm really struggling with feeling like I'm not 
participating in my business. And he's like, okay, well, let's talk through that. As we began to talk through it, we began to identify about 12 or 15 hours in any given day that I typically work still. They just weren't necessarily straight in a row. And they weren't necessarily starting at seven o'clock in the morning and ending it, whatever. And he gave me the best piece of advice because he said, your body knows what it needs. Listen to it and then follow the schedule so that when you're working, your heart and soul are in it versus you're doing it because you're supposed to. So my morning routine to answer your question, sorry for the little segue there. That's a good one. Uh, my morning routine now is I get up in the morning, you know, I, I splash some water in my face or take a shower, you know, just kind of those basic wake you up kind of things. But mm-hmm. then I actually, uh, the house that I'm living in right now, my brother and I bought and we're in the process of remodeling it. So I've been living alone for the last several years, but my brother's here now and I go out in the living room and I just kind of sit down with him. He drinks coffee. I, I have a bottle of water, you know, and sometimes we talk and sometimes we'll just mindlessly watch television, but it's really just intentionally taking the time for me to feed my own soul in the way that I work, you know, knowing that I am a, you know, it's not uncommon for me to be up at two, three o'clock in the morning writing something that later on, somebody will go, wow, that's the most amazing thing you've ever written. But to know that when I do it often early in the morning, I'm forcing it. And so I've really given myself that. And it's kind of almost become a sacred space where mm-hmm. I just really value myself enough that I don't have to force myself through uh, all those kind of things. And, uh, you know, I intentionally typically eat later. Uh, my perfect eating schedule right now is from between one o'clock and 8 p.m., 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. daily. And that's the only times I eat. And a nutritionist helped me discover that that was kind of my sweet spot for, for food, for metabolism for me. Um, and so, yeah, that, that morning has really just become that, that quiet time and that reflection time. And, and, you know, sometimes it even turns into that fall back to sleep and take better care of yourself time because you were up at three or four o'clock in the morning writing something amazing. Um, and so that is. Uh, weird as it is, that is my morning routine these days. That is great advice. Listening to your body and, and providing it because it knows what it needs. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love that. And a lot of us think we have to be a cookie cutter and do the 4 a.m., 5 a.m. It may work for me. It may that's what doesn't work for the other person. So being in tune to the body and know what is required and and listening to that. So that that is very good advice to to follow because the body knows. <laughs> Yes. Simple as that. The body knows. Uh, Steve, tell us, how can we connect with you? Where can we find you? Well, I made it really easy for your listeners. Um, I've got a free gift for you because I'd like to connect with all of them. If you go to ongoingwealthguide.com, that's ongoingwealthguide.com. I've created a really simple, it's about a page and a half, five-step basic thing to create Um, What I'm going to call abundance in your life, meaning that regardless of when you look at the bank account, what the dollars are in there, you know that you're blessed and you live in a place where you can continue to generate both the money, but even more so happiness and joy in your life. Included in that is a link for you to take my free, write your bestseller in one hour workshop and even write your book. I've got people that have written hundreds of books off of just that. 
And uh, that's your free gift for you just by going to ongoingwealthguide.com. And then we can take the conversation from there. In fact, on the thank you page, I have a link for you to schedule to spend 15 free minutes with me talking about anything you want to in life, business, your book or whatever. Perfect. Uh, We love hearing some quotes here at BMR. Give us one of your favorite. Oh, my favorite. Uh, I mean, thousands of C.S. Lewis quotes flood my brain. Mm -hmm. But the one that always comes forefront in my mind in the fourth book of the Chronicles of Narnia called The Silver Chair, the most unlikely of all characters, I'll try to get through this without crying, um, says as they're being convinced that there is no sky, that there is no sun, that it's just the reflection of the sun, of the the fire. He says, if the stars are a myth, and if the sun is only something that we dreamed up because of staring into the fire, and if there is no Narnia and there is no Aslan, I will spend the rest of my life searching for it and choosing to believe because what I know to be true in my heart is real and pure and is worth more than this myth that this darkness that surrounds us now is all that exists. Powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Steve, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you again for taking the time. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciated it. Of course. All right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.